Hello, my name is Nyquia and welcome to the Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast, a Christian business podcast that brings together the wisdom of the Bible and the world of business. Join us each week as we explore a different scripture or story from the Bible and unpack its relevance for modern business strategies. Our show is designed to inspire and empower Christian entrepreneurs and business leaders to integrate their faith into their daily work. We believe that the Bible is not just a spiritual guide, but a practical tool for success in the business world. Each episode features a deep dive into a specific scripture or story, along with expert insights and practical takeaways for implementing its teachings in your business. Whether you're just starting out in the business world or are a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find valuable insights and strategies to help you succeed in your work within our podcast episodes. So tune into Scripture Stories and Strategies to discover the power of the Bible as a business tool and learn how to apply its wisdom in your daily work. Enjoy this episode. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast. If you are new and skip past that introduction, you probably have no clue who I am. Well, I'm Nyquia, and I'm not only your sister in Christ, but I'm also your host. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur with a few businesses under my belt, and the purpose of this podcast is to help Christian entrepreneurs like you infuse more of their faith and God's word within their marketing and business strategies. And I do this by taking scriptures and stories from the Bible and then transforming them into applicable business strategies so that Jesus is always within your business plans, trials, and successes as your number one business partner. My ultimate goal is to help you learn how to use the Bible as your number one business or finance tool. Okay, so first, I I want to say I, I pray you're doing well. And I just want to remind you um, that God is in control of it all. I say this because within business and life, we feel as though we can't get ahead or like nothing is working in our favor or everything is falling apart. But what helps me get out of that negative mindset is to remember God is in control and God only wants our best. So that means whatever you're going through right now in your business, God already knows about it. And he already, he's already worked out a plan that works best for you. And during the season of waiting, he's trying to teach you something regardless of how you look at your situation. So be patient, listen to him, get into his word and know that worrying does not add any time to your life. Worrying does not add revenue to your business, okay? We are told not to even worry about tomorrow because it's not even promised. So have faith for today. Faith that God is working out a plan for you that's best for you and that he controls it all and that the devil has no say or authority in God's plan and he already has an answer. So just continue to ask, continue to seek, uh, continue to knock because God has already promised he'd answer us and now just wait patiently and don't be unproductive as you wait <laughs> no okay uh, you know put together some steps you can do while you wait that will help you get close to what you want to achieve or accomplish that you ask God for you know meet God halfway if you can so I know I spoke to someone directly just now right and honestly this came from my heart and it's a message I needed to hear myself and remind myself so the holy spirit is definitely working in me today uh but also love if you love this podcast episode 
as well as my podcast just in general, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever app you're listening on. You know, I read every single review and I greatly appreciate it. It means so much to me. And also don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode or podcast to another Christian entrepreneur that you feel will find this podcast valuable. You know, we all play a role in God's kingdom, especially as entrepreneurs, but I can't grow this podcast without you. So once again, I appreciate you for listening and leaving reviews, subscribing and sharing my podcast with others. So with that being said, let's start today's episode, which is an exciting episode because it kicks off my uh, women in Bibles, uh, women in the Bible colon business edition series. I want to find a cooler name for the series, but that's that's about what I got right now. So bear with me. <laughs> so um, this series is all about taking these stories of the women of the Bible and then using their story to help with our business strategies. So each woman of the Bible plays such an important role and there's so much we can learn from each and every one of them. So today we kick off this series with Lydia from the book of Acts and the topic we're going to discuss is the importance of hospitality within your business. Now, if you're new here, you may not know, I love to kick off the episode with some relevant scripture to help pump you up for today's biblical business Bible study. Oh, that's a tongue twi twister. Biblical business Bible study. Well, not really, I guess. Anyways, um, so I have four different ones since the word hospitality. See, it was a tongue twister after what I just said. Anyways, I have four different verses that I want to share with you today that are relevant to today's message because it actually has the word hospitality in it actually the bible um the word hospitality in the bible shows up four times so today's scripture comes from romans 12 13 which says contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality and then in timothy 5 10 it says and having a reputation for good works if she has brought up children has shown hospitality has washed the feet of the saints has cared for the afflicted and has devoted herself to every good work. Then in Hebrews 13, 12, it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And the last scripture comes from 1 Peter 4, 9, which says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So once again, to kick off this Woman in Bible business edition series, we're going to be focusing on Lydia, which you can find her story in the book of Acts and specific Acts chapter 16 verses 11 through 15. Now, literally, Lydia, excuse me, and the way she showed hospitality to Paul and Silas and other Christians during her time can help us tremendously when making sure we, as business owners, are showing hospitality to our customers, to our employees, to our contractors, you name it, right? So, uh, a little background. So Lydia was a godly Greek woman of influence during the first century CE. And from what we read in Acts chapter 16 verses 11 through 15, we can greatly assume that Lydia was a Gentile. She was a worshiper of God. She was a businesswoman, um, business owner. She was head of the household and she was a wealthy person. And this was actually so uncommon during the time period for a woman to hold this position. So Lydia's story in the Bible is very short, right? But holds so much weight. And even though Lydia's story is so short, we know a lot about her from what we're told. So let's dive into a quick history lesson about who Lydia was, as well as what's going on around this time in the Bible to give some context. And then I will tie it all back to hospitality within our businesses. So 
Lydia came from a city called Thyatira, I believe that's how it's pronounced, which is in the western province of a place called Lydia, which is located in Asia Minor. And now I believe today that specific area is in modern Turkey and a city called Akasar. Now, Lydia's name originally might have been the designation of her home. Um, her, her name literally means a woman of Lydia. Or it doesn't mean that, but I think that's where she was named from. She was named from the country she was born in. Now, at that time, or um, at the time Lydia met Paul on the Sabbath at a river designated by the Roman authorities of Philippi as a place of prayer and worship for the Jews. And now, even though we know she's from Thyatira, at the time of Acts in the Bible, and when she met Paul, she lived in Philippi. Um, and if you don't know, Philippi at the time was actually a booming city. It was a leading city of Macedonia in Europe. And then present day, as of right now, present day, Philippi is situated in the northeastern area of Greece. And I believe it's actually a ruin. So, of course, there's nothing in the actual city today, but it's a site you can visit. I actually believe it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I always encourage you to do your own research, but I, I believe it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Okay, back to Lydia real quick. So Lydia was a seller of purple dye, which we see in verse 14 of Acts 16. And I find it so interesting that God wanted us to know what Lydia did as a career, because like I said, it was uncommon to be in her position at the time. She was in an uncommon time in her era with such a high position of influence that really impacted the church in Europe from there on out. Um, and, you know, Lydia, because of her career, she was a, a wealthy and influential businesswoman. And we can, in fact, know that she was wealthy because the articles of dye purple that she sold was actually a prized color at the time. And it was made from certain mollusks. And at that time, this was actually a respectable and lucrative trade. So it was burger and money, honey. OK, so we also know that Lydia was a homeowner and her house was pretty spacious. It was big. You know, she probably had the biggest house in the block, let's be for real. <laughs> and could, because we are told in verse 40 of Acts 16 that she was actually able to accommodate many guests and servants to meet their needs. And her home actually eventually became the meeting of gathering place for Christians in that time. Now, some scholars even say that this was the first Gentile Christian meeting in history or or basically the first European church. This it started in Lydia's home. Now, she also seemingly, um, she was also seemingly the first Gentile convert in Europe, which is huge, and the first believer to open up her home as a worship center for European Christians. So we also aren't told if she's married. So we can assume that she's not. Uh, we can assume that she may be a widow or she's never married, but uh, we can assume that she actually had servants and was the head of the household. So which, what I said before was very rare. And knowing this, she surely must have been a hardworking, bold, intelligent woman to achieve the success that she had. So now that we know a little bit about who Lydia was, I want to read real quick chapter 16 in Acts verses 11 through 15 and then tie this into hospitality so if you have a moment or if you're in the position to be able to read with me 
at the time, please do. Once again, I'm reading for from the ESB version. So this section is called the conversion of Lydia. So starting in verse 11 in chapter 16 of Acts, it says, so setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samuel Thrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we suppose there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention. I actually had that even highlighted in my verse because that's so important. Um, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her husband and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed, she prevailed upon us. So now that we read that scripture, let's touch on what biblical hospitality is and how we should look at the story of Lydia uh, to help us understand the importance of hospitality within our business as a Christian entrepreneur. So now, when you think of the word hospitality, you may think of the hospitality industry like hotels or hospitals or restaurants. Well, in, in a sense, you're correct. And it's a good association of what hospitality is. You know, it's where you're welcome into a place for a fee and you're served or you're welcome into a place for no fee and you're still served. You know, for both examples, for example, in a hospital and a hotel, you're a guest or a patient that's offered a place to sleep and food to eat. At restaurants, you're invited to gather or eat by yourself with friends or family in exchange for a meal prepared for you and service given to you so you're not lifting a finger. However, I'm going to emphasize biblical hospitality, which is more than room and board or more than food service. Um, because in the Bible, especially in Lydia's story, hospitality is both action and affection, as well as receiving and loving a stranger. So, you know, you might ask, you know, why is this distinction important, biblical hospitality and regular hospitality? And the answer is that it is possible to offer all the components of hospitality, so food, a bed, a shower, without love, without affection. And that's not biblical hospitality. So think about a time you received bad service at a restaurant or a hotel. Think about a bad time you bought something online and you needed to return it and the customer service was horrible. So technically, no matter what you pay, you are not guaranteed service that that's affectionate or comes from love. So the amount of money you spend can't truly buy someone's affection towards a stranger. So in a sense, anyone can do acts of hospitality. You know, it's the outward dimension, but there is an inner dimension of hospitality that requires a change of heart which we see Lydia's heart was opened in verse 14 of Acts 16. Um, also in 1 Peter 4, 9, the verse I mentioned in the beginning says, we are to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. If we grumble or complain while giving food or lodging or just basic service to someone, we have not truly shown biblical hospitality. Now, this is because hospitality is the glad reception of the stranger. So hospitality engages the stranger with both, you know, our hands and our hearts. 
But Peter takes this one step further and that verse and expands the usual use of hospitality. And biblical hospitality is not merely a work of our hands, but involves a work in our hearts. So with that being said, I want to come full circle with Lydia's story with hospitality and with business. And I want to share three different ways you can show biblical hospitality to your customers through your business. The first way to show biblical hospitality to your potential customers and current customers is through providing quality customer service. This can look different based on what industry you're in, but you know, hospitality starts as soon as someone lands on your website. Your Okay, think of, okay, your website is like your home. I say this a lot because with my SEO marketing agency, your website plays a huge role when you're attracting people from Google for the first time who don't know you exist and they land on your site. You know, I always tell people I'm working with that your website is your home. So essentially, essentially you're welcoming strangers into your home, right? So very similar to how Lydia offered her home to Paul and Silas, as well as to other strangers who wanted to gather and grow in their newly Christian faith. So how do you provide customer service even before they purchase? There's actually a quote, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> oh my goodness. There's actually a quote that says, a satisfied customer will tell three of their friends, while an angry one will tell 3,000. And that is so valid. <laughs> customer service creates loyal customers customers who are happy, customers, you know, who are happy to come back and shop your products or invest in your services. So here's a few ways to provide high quality customer service through a website that can actually help increase conversions. The first one being beautiful branding, user experience, and a clean and easy to navigate site. So all those in one, because think about it. Um, think about, you know, I'm going to bring that home example back. Think about being invited into a stranger's house, right? And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So disgusting, you just want to leave, right? You just start to itch because it's like, oh, I know something crawling on me. <laughs> so, you know, just imagine you're in this house. There's trash everywhere. There's mold. Things are falling apart. There's bugs. It's just not welcoming. It's not a good experience. It's what strangers are not expecting that will truly give your business a boost or a breakdown. So listen, the same goes for your website. Your website is your brand's home. It's your business's home and it should be hospitable. I can tell you that I've hopped off of sites plenty of times because it was too junky, which made me not trust what I came to buy. And having, a, having great branding is also key to attracting your target customer. So having an easy to navigate website that's clean and not piled up with too many pop-ups helps the customer find what they're, what they want faster and purchase faster. So just like your home is the first impression to strangers, so your website is the first impression to potential customers. Now, another way to provide high quality customer service through your website is through automations and systems uh, within your business. Now, even though your customers don't know anything about your business's systems and automation going on in the background, the effectiveness of it defines how your customer, uh, customer reacts after a purchase. Or let's say after they sign up for an email list or they, you know, reach out to you for a service inquiry. So bringing back the house example, if people are visiting your house, the systems you have behind keeping your house clean and invitation friendly will be the reason that strangers will now want to come back and possibly become a new friend. You know, they have no idea how you keep your house together, um, but they see the finished result. 
So for example, when you purchase something from an online store, you're usually automatically emailed a receipt of your order with shipping information if applicable. If you are waiting on the shipment of your product, you might get regular updates of when your product was shipped, right? When it left the warehouse, when it arrived in your city, when it's on the mail truck, and when it's finally delivered. I don't know about y'all, but I love emails like that, especially if I bought something that I'm excited to hurry up and get here, or if it's expensive, like I need to know where my product is at all times. So these are types of systems set up on the business's end that helps the customer after purchase. So let's say you're a service provider and someone fills out an inquiry form. You know, what systems do you have in place to let that potential client know you've received their inquiry as well as them, you know, have them schedule a call? You know, these are ways that having automations and systems on your end as a business owner helps customers after a purchase or inquiry, which in all provides amazing customer service. And let's be real, business automation systems just help you have an easier life because when you can start automating things in your business, it's just way easier for you. So the second way to show biblical hospitality within your business is through nurturing. Now, nurturing will make or break the relationship between your business and the customer. In order to receive repeat business, you have to build and keep a relationship with the customer who made a purchase. Think of Lydia, right? After she offered her home as a room and board and a place to eat for Paul and Silas, they were thrown into jail. However, Lydia did not forget about them. She didn't wipe her hands and say, oh, well, not my problem. No, right? You know, she continued to actually nurture them. So she would actually visit Paul and Silas while in jail and still host strangers in her home to spread the word of Jesus and the gospel. So, you know, what are some ways you can nurture your audience or your customers? One good way to nurture your audience or customers within your business is through email marketing. Now, I don't know many people, I don't, not, I'm sorry. I don't think many people understand how strong and effective email marketing is because think about it. Someone is giving you their personal information so that you can stay in contact with them for whatever reason. And they are extending trust to your business through communication online. So the same way Lydia's house was used as a gathering place for Christian Gentiles to communicate and share the gospel, it was a nurturing environment. And with email marketing, you can now build a relationship with your audience or customers. You know, think of it as the kitchen, right? Think of it as the kitchen and dining room of your home. That area of your home is a place where people usually come together and converse and learn more about each other, each other through a warm meal. And it's the same with your email community. They are special and it's a place where strangers become lifelong or loyal customers. So if you don't have an email nurture sequence that starts as soon as someone purchases, I highly recommend looking into adding that within your business's marketing strategy. And then another example of nurturing your audience or customers is through social media. Social media is an extension of your brand. That's so important to understand. It's a way for new customers to learn more about the brand's values, missions, or even personal things about a brand, like how your business got started, especially if you're the face of the brand. So having a presence on social media helps to build authenticity. It helps to build trust with your customers. And once again, if you're the face of your brand, they get to learn more about you, more about the person behind the brand. Now, the third way to show biblical hospitality within your business is through putting their needs first and showing empathy. So as soon as Lydia was baptized, she knew how important it was to share her new faith with her household. And uh, we are also told she brought in her whole family and servants to be baptized as well. 
which means she put their salvation first. She offered strangers a home. She put their daily needs first. So let's be honest, the backbone of any business are the customers. And at the end of the day, most customers care about their needs or wants being met through your business, regardless of who you are. So when you put your customers first within your business, it shows. And um, being hospitable means you are putting yourself in your customers or your clients' shoes. And this is a way you can perfectly empathize with them, even if you haven't experienced what they did. Because it's hard to empathize with anyone if you don't consider them first before you, right? And when you empathize, you will be able to understand and speak your customer's language, which, hello, is key to attracting more of your ideal customers. So I also want to add that if you have a team, right? You, uh, if you have a small team that works with your business, it's very important to show empathy towards them as well and put yourself in their shoes. So your employees or maybe their contractors, you know, the way you treat them can impact your business for better or worse. You know, they should be provided good service as well. They should also be nurtured. You know, a great way, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but a great way to do this for your employees is to have a standard operations procedures or an SOP when you hire them on so they feel more comfortable in the role they were hired for and they can execute their skills and talents in a way that represents your brand. It's just like if you were working, uh, you know, for another business. When you first get hired, you usually are taught the way they do business. You're usually given a guide or watching a video training on you know, basically how to conduct business in the brand's missions or values. Okay, um, so basically, yeah, in short, being biblically hospitable is all about focusing on the other person, you know, focusing on the other stranger, the employee, the customer, the peer over yourself. So you understand that their needs and, you know, you can help them meet those needs with your products or services. So when you do that, people become more comfortable around you or with your brand, and which can result in the willingness to share your business with other people. Also, they become more loyal and will begin to look for ways to help you if your business ever needs something someday. You know, you have a seasonal sale coming up, your audience got you. They won't think twice about sharing it with others. You need to help raise awareness for a cause, your your audience has you, right? They won't think twice about helping your cause out. So, I hope the story of Lydia inspires you to look at your business and find ways to be hospitable to new people and current customers. I encourage you to evaluate the way you run your business and consider the three points I talked about today. I encourage you to read the story of Lydia on your own and ask God to speak to you and invite the Holy Spirit to help you understand God's message to you because her story may actually speak differently to you than others. And once again, her story can be found in Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. And then I think she's actually mentioned one more time in verse 40, same chapter. Um, As always, I want to end off in prayer to help you become more hospitable within your business as a Christian entrepreneur. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being a partner and teacher within our businesses. Thank you for always working things out for our good and your best. We thank you for giving us the spiritual gifts and talents to further your kingdom here on earth through our businesses. Today, Father, give us eyes to see the deepest needs of people. Give us hearts full of love for our neighbors as well as for the strangers we meet. Help us understand what it means to love others as we love ourselves. You command us in your words, Jesus, in John 15, 12 to 13, to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Fill us, Lord, with generosity so we nurture, provide great service, and share empathy with strangers or new people finding our businesses. 
Let us be a healing balm to those who are weak and lonely and weary by offering our kindness to them. We may we, may we remember to listen, to smile, um, to offer a helping hand each time the opportunity presents itself. Give us hearts, Father, courage that we will be brave enough to risk loving our enemy and inspire us to go out of our way to include those, those in the margins and help us to become welcoming and inclusive to all who come knocking at our door. Let us be God's hospitality in the world. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Do you feel that? That heat? That fuel? Girl, that's that faith fuel. And I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learned and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs. It would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies. Let them know what they're missing. Okay, don't tell them I can turn water into wine, but let them know I can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies. Thank you so much, Faith Fueled friend, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Have a blessed day.